AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk. Comedians or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. You never want to find yourself out on the water fishing without the essentials. So it's best to always pack a Columbia PFG Solar Stream Elite hoodie to protect against the sun. I mean, it provides great protection, and it's really breathable so you don't get hot. That's a win-win. Columbia PFG has a lot of great gear. So before you head out on the water, head over to Columbia.com slash PFG to shop their performance fishing gear. It all starts at the grassroots level. So we need to make an impact. And, and as you said, Peter, like parents, share the content, like talk to people, get involved. You know, don't just sit on the sidelines. That's the best way to impact is do what I did and just have a voice. And I know for me, I can't sit on the sidelines. So, you know, I want to be in the game. This is the Reform Sports Project, a podcast about restoring healthy balance and perspective in all areas of sport through education and advocacy. Hi, this is Nick Bonacore from the Reform Sports Podcast. Last week, Reform Sports co-founder Peter Carlisle joined as the guest host to celebrate our 100th episode. This week, we continue with part two of our wide-ranging conversation as Peter and I discuss the moment I realized I was contributing to a toxic youth sports culture, why due diligence is so important when making informed decisions, and the value of implementing change at the grassroots level. I think that's the void that Reform Sports Project is trying to fill in that, you know, for parents to do due diligence and for parents to try to make an informed decision, where do you turn? You know, it's like, where is that information? And I think that we have decided that, well, there's a benefit to trying to bring some of that information together, bring some of the perspectives together so that parents have a, you know, easy place to find the data, define the perspectives and the information. I mean, youth sports is also becoming a very expensive endeavor. And when you're having to make decisions about travel teams and different camps and that sort of thing, when your child's eight years old, nine years old, it used to be you just, you know, you play Little League and you'd play community rec programs. And then eventually, you know, you'd um, you progress through the ranks and, you know, maybe have to spend some money. But now that starts at such a young age that even as it relates to the cost of youth sports participation, parents need to make an informed decision about that. I mean, it, it never ceases to you know, amaze me when you read about the percentage of parents who will say that they are investing in their child's sports 
with the expectation that it will pay off in the form of a college scholarship. And while that is wonderful, if and when it happens, statistically, it is against the odds. And, you know, when you are thinking about how do I best help my child get a college degree, let's say, if that's if that's what they want. I mean, you've said that's one of the great benefits of baseball, ironically, unrelated to baseball, right? And I think, it, you know, to have options when your child gets to the age where they know what they want to do, there's a financial, you know, aspect to that that you need to also consider. So, uh, and unfortunately now, youth sports is so expensive that it's not just, you know, decisions about, well, is it good for my child to specialize? Is, does he really love the sport? Do I want to do this? But it's also, what's the financial impact in, in going down that road? And it's hard to make an informed decision. So at any rate, I think that that's another important component to Reform Sports Project, the, the effort to try to you know, provide some of that information just so parents can consider it when they're making these decisions before they get too far down the road. Yeah, and, and not to go too deep into it, but it's like, you want to talk about one of the most, and this is so wild to say, but it's like an explosive industry. Currently, the youth sports tourism industry is, is upwards of a $30 billion industry. I mean, that's insane. You know, we've had some guests on who are in the space who, who are doing phenomenal work. But I mean, um, you know, venture capitalists come in, private equity firms. I mean, you have money being poured into that, invested into this space. Why? Because clearly there's growth to unlock. So I'm sure there'll be a lot of good to come out of that. But it's important for parents to understand, you know, just like you wouldn't go and, and sign up for a $500 a month car payment with it. Maybe you would without doing any due diligence. But generally speaking, you're at least going to try to make the most informed decision, you know, before opening up your wallet like that. And, you know, it's tough. And the difference is, unlike if you buy a lemon, you know, uh, of a car or whatever product it is, you know, it's, it's kids are resilient, but it's a little harder to undo the potential ramifications of, of a lemon program or a lemon coach that you can get. So you just want to be you're dealing with, with your kid and we all only get one shot. And uh, I just think it's important not, not to get too much into the weeds, but you know, try to make the most informed decision you can. I feel like we're a great asset for that. So Nick, with RSP, talk to us a little bit about how you, you know, made the decision to like, I'm going to do this. You came up with a name. You, you sort of took a little bit more of a, of a deliberate um, step in launching that. And this is this is before, you know, you and I had met. I mean, can you tell us a little bit about that? Sure. The name reformed, you know, at the time, um, it was shortly after. So I'm remarried, you know, we're a blended family. It was about a year or so, maybe two or th yeah, maybe three years after I'd already been through a divorce. And anyone who's ever been through a divorce, it's very humbling. Um, it's very much not pleasant. And you know, all those things. So I had a, there was a very strong amount of time for me to do some reflecting, you know, and to look at my side of things, you know, the name reformed came from, I just kind of inventory where I was in life, like how I got here, where am I, where do I want to go? And this was a piece of it. My older kids were very much in, the, it was a very big piece of our life. And I recognized that at specific moments of my coaching, my kids, I probably was unreformed. Um, I remember when I, I'll never forget this dude, this is embarrassing as hell. It's kind of funny. You probably won't laugh because I'm setting it up wrong, but I remember like, I swear to God, I was walking, I parked my car 
um, with my kid and I get out and I remember, you know, I'm coaching rest. I'm wearing the, the shirt or whatever. And I remember walking to the field being like, dude, I am the best coach here. Like, like, and I'm like coaching nine-year-olds. I was one of those knucklehead idiots that I can't stand now who was like, and I say, I can't stand. I was just wrapped up in it. Like I was, I was getting way too much satisfaction and negative feelings when things weren't going well. Like I was wrapped up. I was consumed by the performance of the teams I coach. I was consumed by the performance of my kids. Um, I took that as a reflection of me as a parent and after going through a divorce and kind of reflecting on my life and seeing, you know, how toxic that was, it really opened my eyes to like, oh my God, it was almost like I put on another set of glasses and I can recognize myself in the mirror, like, God, I'm being an idiot. And then it was almost like magnified, like, oh my God, everyone's like this. So I was blinded by it because I felt like I was just like everybody else, even though I had some history in sports and recognize like I got lost in it. And then once I could see I was the problem and I was part of the problem, I couldn't unsee it. And it was almost like something in my eye. I couldn't get out and I needed to just, I, I used to work in finance and there's a dude named downtown Josh Brown who, uh, who has a big <laughs> blog. He's the reformed broker. Um, I don't know. You probably know him if you follow CNBC. CNBC you know? Yeah. And I thought the name, I'm like, God, Reform, Reform Sports. Like that's where, that's honestly the inspiration for the name of Reform. I just thought that was catchy. And at, at the time it just made sense. And, and I had absolutely no expectations of what it was going to do. I just knew that it's like, yeah, who, who has seen the movie Tombstone when uh, Kurt Russell's like, you know, hell's coming with me, right? He's screaming like, oh, I'm going to, you know, he's going crazy how he's going to take down the Cowboys and that's how I felt. Like, I felt like I'm going to burn this freaking thing down. Like, I was so pissed about what I was seeing, what was being extracted from it. And I felt like I needed to be a voice. So what did you do? How did you address that? So I just started going online, like I mentioned in the beginning, and, and just putting out, you know, posts on Facebook. Like, uh, I remember the first thing I did was tell a story about how um, I went 14 years old. I went to Cuba for a... Um, through like some church or whatever. I forget exactly. It was an all-star team that was put together in Waterbury, Connecticut. And uh, we went to Cuba to play baseball against Cubans for two weeks. And we went down there and this is in like 93 or 94. And I'll never forget. First of all, we got our ass kicked the whole time. And it exposed <laughs> me to how, you know, this is a third world country. You know, it was just, I'd never seen anything like it. And, uh, some beautiful places. I mean, beautiful, but like right next to it, like the most extreme poverty you've ever seen. And we're playing against these kids and they got holes in their cleats. Their bats are like 20 years older than what we have. They got dents, they got chips. It was like 1930 highlights where they leave their gloves out there and like they would shit. And here we are. Now we weren't rich. Like we were just a blue cup. We just happened to go down there on this like, you know, fellowship trip or whatever. But I felt like we were these rich Americans. We have nice bat. We have the Easton, the TPX, like the newest models or whatever. And we all had our own gloves. And after each game, we were giving out like, um, you know, we'd give them like a goodie bag that would have like hygiene things in them and, you know, all of these things. But they kicked the shit out of us. Part of my language, but they did. And I was catching. I'll never forget this. I was catching and a kid hit a home run. We're playing on big league ballparks. I mean, there's 10,000 people at these games. So the whole city shut down everywhere we went. I mean, it was unbelievable. Never experienced anything like it in my life. Um, it hits a home run. I mean, 400 feet, 14 years old. And I'm catching and I stand there and I pick the bat up and I'm looking at it. 
and it was dented, dented chips, this. I mean, it had to be like 15 years old. And it made me think like, it doesn't matter what the equipment is. Like it has no impact. So you ask, what did I do? I told that story on a post, how I walk around baseball fields today and 10 year olds have a backpack with like two grand of equipment, Mm. three different bats, the $400 glove. And it was like, man, I'm like this, this sport, baseball is a country club sport. It's a rich kid sport now. It's what it's turned into. And that I started telling those stories, those little like posts on Facebook and people like, Oh, you know, people got mad, you know, people like who I'm friends with, with like, they thought I was talking to them. Like, you know, kids don't need this. Then they, they, they took it personally. That's when I knew like, I got him. I got him. This is something like there's something here because I'm not even directing this at anyone. I'm just speaking my mind. I'm pissing people off. Like people I know are unfriending me. I'm like, Oh man, this is great. Like I loved it because it just, it was almost like, it, it, like I mentioned before, it made me feel like these feelings I'm having are real and I recognize them and I was going to mm-hmm. be unrelenting with pursuing whatever it was, but I'm going to keep, I'm, you're not going to shut me up. That was what it was. So, you know, as you progress beyond that, you started to talk to athletes and coaches, right? I mean, this is pre-podcast. I think you and I were connected after you've spoken to Bob Bowman, maybe. Is that right? Correct. How did you get from posting your own experiences and pissing people off to then getting the perspective and actually connecting with these world-class coaches and athletes? So I have a background in sales and marketing, you know, so I've learned a lot of things through that. And uh, I like to think I'm pretty good at certain things. So I knew like I need to strike where I know I can speak. First of all, let's cut the shit. Like everyone, I don't care who you are. People want to hear how great they were, especially if it's 20 years ago. They want to know like, oh, this person thinks I'm great. So I was like, all right, I'm just going to talk to people I know who are very good athletes, who people in this certain circle know are good. And I'm going to just get them to talk to me because they're a friend. And, and I'm going to I'm going to make sure that they share it on their platform too. That was my thought. And then I'm going to leverage every single one of these conversations I have and get them to open me up to their network. That was my thought. I'm like, I'm going to talk to this one and I'm going to... Re- so to me, it was like, and I wouldn't say this, I'm going to say it to you, but it was almost like, okay, I'm going to tell your story. I'm going to stroke your ego, which is legitimate. But in return, and I'm going to blast it out there on this minuscule platform I have, but in return, I'm going to also pepper you for to open up your network, right? And I knew it was a topic that they felt comfortable. So I started with people that I knew intimately. Mike Fox, who you know coached at North Carolina for 20 plus years. He was my coach in North Carolina, Wesleyan, great guy. But I mean, he's a legend, right? And you know, so I was able to leverage some relationships that I have and use their names because they knew me, they trusted me, and they were supporting me. And that really helped it. So I connected with you through Seth Pepper, my brother-in-law, right? Mm-hmm. He swam for Frank Bush at University of Arizona, right? So Frank, uh, you know, Seth talked to him about what I was, you know, doing. And Frank's like, oh, you know, USA Swimming. And, you know, he, he advocated. I got to speak with him. And then, you know, I, I wanted to, my whole thing was, I thought this was a mental health issue. I thought what was going on was a mental health issue. And all I did was see, because my kids were really young, my younger ones were, were really young at that time. And on this kid's show, there would always be a commercial of Michael Phelps sitting in this pool talking about mental health. And I was like, this is a mental health issue. I got to talk to him. I got to get Phelps to come on. He's, this is, he, he'll get it. He'll get it. He'll get it. Anyway, so um, Seth talked to Frank. I talked to Frank. And then I said, I want to talk to Phelps. And he goes, well, let's start with Coach Bowman. 
And I had no idea who Bob Bowman was, never heard of him in my life. I never followed swimming outside of Michael Phelps in my life. Um, I sent Bob Bowman a message on Twitter. Yeah, I'd love to talk. I said, I interviewed Frank Bush. I'd love to, oh, I'd love to talk to you. Next thing I know, I'm interviewing, you know, Bob Bowman, which, you know, it's funny because I say this now, he's a freaking legend too. But at the time I had absolutely no idea. It's like almost like that saying ignorance is bliss. I didn't know who the hell he was. And he couldn't have been more awesome. And then all of a sudden I'm talking and I said, all right, Coach Bowman, I got to talk to, I want to talk to Phelps, man. Give me his number. And he's like, <laughs> the only way you could talk to him is through Peter Carlisle. And I was like, all right, give me that dude's number. So he sent me your email or whatever. And, and I remember I emailed you and text you. You didn't respond to my text. I remember this shit like it was yesterday. And then after like three or four emails, you finally responded to me. I swear to God, don't take this the wrong way. And as soon as you responded to me and said to me, I see it too. All I remember saying is, I have seen this as well. I have kids and yada, yada. I was like, oh, I got this dude. I got him. And um, of course, I still haven't interviewed Michael Phelps yet. So I, I don't know how much I've got him. But um, after about three years of having multiple conversations, and I'm glad that you didn't have me arrested, several times you did threaten to block me. To be clear, I threatened you with a temporary restraining order. <laughs> yeah, probably. Yes. You should have. But either way, that would make me uh, stop harassing you for like a day or two. And then I would come back and I'd apologize. I'm very sorry. I'm emotional about this. And then, but finally, then we had a few calls. And, and finally, you know, you guys were like, man, um, you know, you're in. So the point is, this only happens if I'm an athlete. I learn how to compete. I learn how to not take no for an answer. I have relationships with people. And, you know, here we are. When we come back, Peter and I discussed the importance of reforming youth sports at the youth level. Good sleep should come naturally, and with the new Natural Hybrid mattress, it can. A collaboration between award-winning mattress brand Lisa and home design favorite West Elm, the Natural Hybrid is the culmination of these two companies' shared values. Premium materials, meticulous craftsmanship, and sustainable practices. Made with natural latex, responsibly sourced natural wool, and environmentally safe foams, the Natural Hybrid elevates your sleep sanctuary. Indulge your senses and supports a greener tomorrow. Plus, when you purchase the natural hybrid, you're also helping fuel Lisa's work with shelters and those in need. Since 2015, Lisa has donated more than 40,000 mattresses to ensure children and families have a safe place to sleep. Don't put off a good night's sleep any longer. Get a Lisa mattress today for a sound sleep tonight. Visit lisa.com slash iHeart. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com slash iHeart. Are you tired of your scented cleaning products smelling and cleaning like meh? Then it's time for an upgrade with the power of Clorox Sentiva. With an uplifting scent that smells like coconut, Clorox Sentiva gives you powerful clean like Clorox, but a feeling like being transported to a tropical island retreat. Imagine putting your phone on Do Not Disturb, tuning out all the constant, just the feeling of warm sand in between your toes and a fruity drink in your hand. The ones with the little umbrella. Refresh your home to feel like an all-inclusive vacation by getting Clorox Sentiva. Also available in grapefruit and lavender scents at a nearby retail store. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more... 
Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Where we left off, Peter and I were about to talk about the value of sharing reform sports resources with your local communities and the importance of parents and coaches understanding their power to implement positive change. I think we've made great progress over the past couple of years, but I mean, so far to go. And the reality is, like, we really can't change much unless you have that mentality. And so, at any rate, I, I uh, your persistence and drive and salesmanship certainly convinced me and and my team that like okay we can make a difference and you know and i think i think we have and uh you know now of course reform sports project it's a podcast it's a blog it's a newsletter i mean talk about you know how it's expanded and where it's going and some of the things that you're most excited about in terms of you know the coming year what I'm really excited, I mean, first of all, like you said, we have the podcast, the blog, which we're, I think we're coming up on like 100 blogs, which is amazing. The newsletter, you know, I encourage everyone to go out there and sign up for the newsletter. Um, we do a great job and, and it's just keeping people informed, building this network. And then we also have other things coming on the pipeline. I mean, we have long format type blogs coming out. I don't know how much in the weeds I can get into this, but there's a lot of other pieces, many other pieces of content that are coming. Um, the most exciting piece for me is how new the space is, how unorganized this industry is, how, in my opinion, we are the leader in the space and we're certainly coming to be the leader. I think this industry and people are in desperate need of high quality content, of high quality information and direction to help them make the most informed decision. And what I see us doing is being the place that people go parents, coaches, at the wherever, for an all-encompassing, if I need to hear what Dabo Sweeney says about this, if I need to hear what whoever says about this, I need some perspective on you know mental health. I'm a coach, and I'm having a kid come to me with this problem. Well, let me click on the Reform Sports mental health piece, and let me hear feedback from XYZ coaches, oh, so-and-so athlete who has been there before. I'm a parent. I don't know how to navigate this. I got to buck the trend and my kid wants to play basketball, but he's being pressured to do this year round. Well, let me go to the Reform Sports website and click on the multi-sport piece. And let me listen to what these experts have to say and why it's so important to, and again, it's arming them, right? You're not going to show up to a fight with no weapons. So you want to show up with as many tools as in, in your tool belt. And what I see for Reform Sports Project, Reform Sports is, I want to be the entire freaking tool. Like we are everything. And I think that we do it in the most unique way. I think that we have the most enthusiasm. I think we have the best team. And, uh, you know, I, I think there's a uh, there's certainly a need. And we have unbelievable listeners and, and, and readers and advocates. It's like a small army being, but I can't tell you how many messages I get every day from all over the country. Thank you for what you're doing. Um, you know, we try to get back to everybody, but um, just keep aligning with us because I can promise you that the impact's being made and uh, it's going to continue to grow. Yeah, I think you've said it a few times, uh, you know, it's about making an informed decision. And uh, while it may have started with parents, it's all part of this really large system and with a lot of commercial interest. And it's very difficult 
uh, you know, to get the information and to make those good decisions. And I think that much of the first phase of, of RSP was highlighting the problem. And you've talked a lot about it and you've done an amazing job doing that. And I feel that, that now people are talking more about it. I mean, I know that I have, I have parents and, and coaches that are expressing frustration, but, you know, what's the solution? What's the guidance, right? And there are, you know, there are policy changes that ought to be considered. And, and I think that when we're talking about informed decisions, we're now talking not just to parents, but to coaches, to the folks that are running the private teams, to school administrators, to city government. I mean, these are the stakeholders in youth sports. And I think that, uh, you know, our hope is that we can provide some perspectives, some tools, some data for them to use, and that that will change things even at a grassroots level. And I would just say that that uh, to encourage your audience, Nick, and, and the RSP community to lean on reform sports for that information to let us know what would be helpful to them, and then also to try to promote the movement within their communities, right, at the local level. Because so many of the decisions and so many of the pressures that kids, parents, uh, coaches, administrators are under, they happen at the grassroots level. And so, you know, if we assemble all of this information and these resources, we need your audience's help to implement them and distribute them to the local community. So hopefully that network really continues to strengthen. Don't ever underestimate parents, especially like I always say, like we parents, we control the whole thing. You know, we're the consumers, you know, our, our children, are the business. You know what I mean? Like it's a $30 billion industry. Well, like it's built off of the backs of kids. And I think it's important for people to understand, like there's a lot of responsibility as businesses when you are dealing with the physical and emotional well-being of kids. Um, so you talk about what's the solution. You know, I used to say, and I still kind of lead, I don't know if there is a all-in-one like pill that is going to clean it up. You're dealing with kids and I have six kids, right? Each one of them is different. They ying here, they yang here. They have different buttons they got to be pushed to get them to respond. So on a grand scale, what does that look like? You know, coaches, don't ever underestimate the impact you have. You know, more importantly, the, the responsibility. And that's what parents need to understand. Like, it's not just sign my kids up for sports. It's sign my kids up. I'm committing to this agreement. There's contracts written up. You're paying fees, like your traveling commitments, uniform commitments, whatever it is. It's like arm yourself with the information. and. Uh, you know, at the end of the day, it sounds so cliche, but like, I think it's all about just making sure you're trying to look out. It's tough. Think about it. I mean, as an adult, you're trying to make a living, but sometimes the best way to make a living is to always look out for the best interests of your, of your customers, of your consumers. So, you know, don't put your own well-being as an organization first, put your kids that you coach interests first. And that's probably the best way to get the best results. And does that mean legislation? Does that mean governance from, you know, the government? I have, I have no idea, but that stuff's being talked about. I don't know if that's right, wrong, or indifferent, but um, I think the more money that continues to be poured into it, um, there's probably going to be more regulation of some sort trickling down. It seems to be, you know, from the college ranks and coming down and NIL and all these things, there's like a, there's like a trickle down effect. But like you mentioned, the grassroots piece of it, it all starts there. It all starts at the grassroots level. So we need to make an impact. And, and as you said, Peter, like 
parents share the content, like talk to people, get involved, you know, don't just sit on the sidelines. That's the best way to impact is do what I did and just have a voice. And, you know, I know for me, I can't sit on the sidelines. So, you know, I want to be in the game. Well, I think that's why it's important to hear your story, Nick, because if you look at what RSPs become just because of your efforts to get the message out, if you now look at your your community that you've built, this audience of yours, if that audience starts to do what you've done, then this thing can really make a difference. And that's how you're going to change the system. That's how you're going to improve the culture and and, um, and restore sport. So you're doing great work, Nick. Keep it up. Thanks so much for taking the time to chat with us about your background today. And uh, again, congrats on the 100th episode and a big thanks to your audience and the whole Reform Sports community. Well, I appreciate it. And thank you. I, I want to give not only a shout out to, to the audience and everyone listens, but also to, to you, Peter and Brooke and, you know, Megan and Drew and Ben and everyone at Octagon, Amanda, Jason, everyone that's, that's partnered up and, and helped. Listen, a hundred episodes is amazing, but, um, you know, certainly wouldn't be here without, without all of you and, and, uh, supporting and believing in it. So, so thank you very much too. Thanks for joining us for part two of our 100th episode. In case you missed it, check out part one, where Peter and I dive further into our advice for parents feeling the pressure to conform to today's youth sports culture. Thanks for listening to the Reform Sports Podcast. If you've enjoyed this episode, we would appreciate it if you took a moment to rate and review our podcast as we work to grow our community of supporters and advocates. For more Reform Sports content, please subscribe to our newsletter and blog at reformsportsproject.com. You can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn. I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear, affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA.